calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Some days, you wind up further off the path than usual. After passing through a bustling city, I was ready for a little alone time. I like people, I enjoy crowds and parties, but sometimes I'm ready for a walk on my own, too. Sometimes I just let my feet take me where they will. Unfortunately, this time, where they will, wound up halfway up a mountain, and I found myself just a little bit lost. Not to worry, sometimes being lost isn't so bad, and I'm sure I'll find my way. There's a city, Aram, not too far off, and they say all roads lead there eventually. As long as this one leads there before I run out of supplies, it's all good. And there's certainly a lot to look at on my way. The path leads me between boulders and through a sheltered little meadow. There are flowers blooming in colors that I've never seen before. And I'd have thought I knew the call of every bird across this countryside until now. It all has me so distracted, I almost literally stumble across the first human being I've seen since early this morning. They're kneeling, turned away from me, staring intently at a pool of rainwater that's formed between a few rocks. Oh, good, you're here. I could use another pair of eyes. You knew I was coming? I knew someone was coming. I could tell by the ripples in the water. Here, get down. You don't want them to see you. Who are we hiding from? Are you in danger? Maybe I can help? I wouldn't say danger. I mean, they can be quite fierce if threatened, but there is the size differential to consider. As long as we're not swarmed, we'd do all right. Not sure how I'd feel fighting someone a lot smaller than myself. Or even the same size, really. I don't feel great fighting at all if I can help it. Good thing I don't mean to fight the dragon wasps then, only to observe them. Dragon... wasps? They're quite rare. This is one of the only regions where they can be found. 
It's a site of unexpected magic. It affects the local flora and fauna in really interesting ways. I'm a naturalist specializing in this sort of thing, which uh, tends to lead to a lot of kneeling in various forms of underbrush for various forms of observation. Oh, that does sound interesting. There were definitely flowers back there that were new to me, and I go all sorts of places. Yes, plants are most easily affected by environmental magic. The swooning willow, the limpid tulip, the starshade. I know that one. I helped someone acquire them from a farm once. That was you? It was written up in the literature at the time. Good. Then you have some experience with unusual environments. (laughs) I've definitely got that. If you don't mind helping, I could use a research assistant for the day. Someone who could write down some notes and figures while I do the observational bits. I've got spare paper and pen right here, if you're interested. Oh, are you interested? I'm sorry, I ran right into business there without the social introductions. Happens when you spend so much time on your own in the wilderness, I suppose. (laughs) I'm Finley, with the Era Museum of Natural History. At least, in a roundabout way. Hello. Ryan, I'm pleased to meet you, and I'd be happy to help you with your research for a while. I'm pretty curious now. I've met a dragon. Twice, sort of. But I don't know anything about dragon wasps. Well, Ryan, you'll have to let me know when you've had enough. You should never admit to a scientist that you're interested in their field of study. Dragon wasps are quite peculiar and lovely, and they inhabit quite a unique evolutionary niche. They have these long, multifaceted eyes, just incredible vision, and elongated bodies that taper down to the stinger. As I said, fierce little beasties. But the particularly interesting aspect is how they communicate. They're, uh, let's call them scales to simplify things, and that's part of how they got their name. Scales on their body can reflect iridescence based on how they move and angle themselves, and, well, That's how they say hello, or watch out, or there's some prey on the other side of that leaf. Finley tells me all about the dragon wasps. So much. It's really nice, but by the time we get to the research part, my head is absolutely spinning. They keep watching the water while I occasionally take down the time or the temperature. It's a peaceful way to spend the day, but it's two hours of watching before anything really happens. Ryan, stay very still and very quiet. Do you want me to write anything down? Not yet, just just watch with me. Oh, wow. Wow, indeed. Note the colors, one in shades of green fading into blue, the other crimson to gold. It's a mating pair. Do you think you could capture the pattern in which the wings are flashing? I'll try, maybe if they get closer. Serves always the problem with these dragon wasps. Of course, we don't want to provoke any aggressive behaviors, but luring them somewhere near enough to really verify the angles and shades through which they're communicating. They do sometimes perch on a branch or in the water, but no branches here, unfortunately. Not even anything to extend in their place. Darn, darn, darn! It's my first chance to observe a pair like this. I might have an idea. Do you think this might work? I could shove the hilt in between the rocks right there, slowly. What a wonderful idea! Careful, careful. Excellent! Now, we wait and see if they take the opportunity. I must say, 
It's nice to have some company for the waiting bits. There are so many in this line of work. Look, look, they're coming over to check it out. Indeed. Stay very still. Uh, but please keep writing. Quietly. The two dragon wasps seem to shimmer in the sunlight, darting back and forth in patterns too complex for me to capture on paper. Though I try, and bit by bit, they get curious about the sword extending over the water and dance closer and closer. And as they do, something else unexpected happens. Ryan? Ryan, just one moment. I'm trying to sketch out that pattern. Ryan, is it a usual thing for your sword to glow like that? Wait, what's happening? Oh, that is not a usual thing. But to be fair, it's not a usual sword. It seems to be reacting to the iridescence of the dragon wasps, mimicking them, maybe even communicating with them? Pure speculation, of course, but your guess is as good as mine. Your guess is probably better than mine, actually. I mean, this is what you do. Could be a sort of sympathetic effect. Not necessarily conscious, but an automatic response to the magic of the... And they certainly seem to like it. I think they're landing. Yes, yes. Are you getting all this down? There's an awful lot of writing before the two dragon wasps fly away again. At that point, my sword goes back to normal, too. I still don't know why that happened, and since it's not Finley's specialty, they can only guess. We sit for a while longer, as much to enjoy the summer afternoon as anything. When the shadows start to deepen, we go back to the meadow and set up camp for the night. There's a nice patch of grass over on this side where I've spread out the last few nights and a safe place to build a fire. I may be a bit low on provisions currently, but I'm not bad at foraging. We can do that while there's light. Also, how do you feel about trail mix? We forage enough wild vegetables to make a nice stew, supplemented by my trail mix, and settle in by the fire. Finley is very good company. Not quite as intense now, and very interested in hearing stories about my adventures. They have this really musical laugh. I can't hear it enough. It's so much fun entertaining them, and being entertained when they tell me about some of their most exciting research trips, like the time they rescued a swarm of whistlebees from a forest fire in their hat. They're called whistlebees, of course, because of this high-pitched noise they make when their wings get going. So one's hat is not the best place to be carrying them. Oh, the headache I had by the time they were safe. <laughs> oh no, your poor head! And then there was the time I was tracing migration patterns of this type of aquatic mantis. I had to hide under water and breathe through a reed. I had these goggles so I could see beneath the surface. But I got a bit too involved and a bit too close. <laughs> I suppose my nose looked too much like the fish they feed on. If you look close, you might notice the notch out of my right nostril. Yes, um, it, yes, I can see. You don't always wind up damaged on these trips, do you? I've been alright with the dragon wasp so far. 
Thanks to your participation, Ryan. I'm very glad to have met you today. I am too. I'm glad I came across your patch of unexpected magic. You fit in with it quite nicely. Well, uh, I'm getting late. I suppose we should bank the fire and get some sleep. I'm hoping I'll have a chance tomorrow to observe more social behavior. Of the dragon wasps, that is. If you want to help, I'd appreciate that. Of course. I'd love to help. Have you noticed any larger animals around at night here? Nothing so far, but in the wilderness, of course, you never know. I'll keep my sword drawn, just... Just in case. Yes, that marvelous sword. Thank you, Ryan, for everything. Good night. Good night, Finley. Mm, Please, just one more hour of sleep before I... Oh, no. Oh, how? Oh, no. Finley? Um, Finley? Finley! Ryan? What? Oh, my. Oh, my. I don't think you'll have trouble finding the dragon wasps today. I suppose not. My notes without. I am fully in favor of science here, just. there are so many of them. Very close, and those stingers. Of course. I don't think you need to worry. They don't seem like they're disturbed or aggressive. The light patterns, the flashes of light, they're all quite cordial for the species. Like a big family gathering. I guess that makes us part of the family for now. Do you think it's because of... Your sword again? It is glowing, isn't it? Maybe that's what lured them in. They're so beautiful, aren't they? Like slow-motion fireworks. I expect if you sheathe your blade, they'll go their separate ways. I could do that, but you did say you wanted to observe their social behavior. I can wait a bit while you observe them. Don't mind. As long as they behave themselves. Don't worry, Ryan. I won't let them harm you. Thank you. Again. You really are special. (laughs) Or my sword is. So, that became our morning. And by the end, we both have another story to tell. No one gets stung. Finley fills up both sides of every sheet of paper taking notes, and in the end, they've got so much data that they're ready to head back to the city. I find that I'm ready again too. Also, I need help to find my way since I'm still completely lost on the side of the mountain. We make our way back down together, sharing more stories, making a meal of trail mix and berries while Finley sketches a butterfly and I clean my sword. After all, it spent all night outside of the scabbard. By the time we reach Aram, I'm really sad to think it's time to part. Finley is so fascinating, brilliant, and enthusiastic, and so much fun. 
and the way they were careful with me around the dragon wasps. It's all just... Okay, alright, I've got a crush, it happens, but now we're coming to the end of our journey, and it's gonna be over, and I don't really know how to do this. What do you say when, well, before I can even figure out and say it, we're through the gates and into one of the main squares. The trip is over. We made it. Aram, sweet Aram. I do miss it when I'm away. And this time you've made it undamaged. Well, I had such a companion. We took good care um, of each other. We do make an excellent team. Thank you so much for the note-taking and the company and the assistance through magical properties. <laughs> My sword is always at your service. As is my museum. You really should let me show you around the gallery sometime. But I didn't just mean your sword, Ryan. That sword, well, quite intriguing, is the least of your special properties. Oh. Aw, thank you. I was kind of showing off with the sword. Well, I was showing off with all those stories. Whisper bees who even... Are you, Finley? What is your life? I was showing off with my stories, too. I guess I should let you go. Somewhere someone surely needs your help. Actually, I'd like to stick around a while. Would it be okay, maybe, to uh, take you out to dinner? Really? Or lunch, or any meal you want. I just, I like you. I'd like to spend more time with you. I'd really enjoy that. A meal, or the museum, or oh, there's a really great library in Circle Square. Oh, let's go on a library date. You did meet a date, right? That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. If you want to. Yes. Yes, please. How unexpected. <laughs> I don't usually... I don't get a lot of attention in the city. I would have paid attention to you anywhere. Well, <laughs> uh, maybe come back with me while I drop off my notes and we'll sort out our next adventure from there. Sounds like a plan. Oh, and just so you know, in case of things, I'm Ace. Duly noted. A twig insects are too. You know, that reminds me of a time out in the field Oh, now I'm another research subject to you? No! Oh, no, no, I I was just, uh, my mind goes in ways, you know. <laughs> no, it's okay, I'm just teasing. Can I give you a hug? Yes, we should absolutely hug. And then we hugged and went on to have a lovely day. The exhibits in the Museum of Natural History are really enthralling. And so is Finley. I know that I'll be off on another adventure soon, but I'm sure I'll come back this way again. After all, this is the kind of magic you don't find all that often. Thank you for side questing with us. 
This episode, Unexpected Magic, was written by DJ Silvis and produced by Talmanir. Finley was voiced by Newton Shuttlecotty. The voice of Ryan was Talmanir. A big thanks to Ali Maria, Ilya, Jesse, Sarah, and Spencer for supporting this episode. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.